Hello, dental online trainers, and welcome to the Dental Online Training Sharecast. I'm your host, Dr. Dennis Hartley. Each month, we'll talk with dental experts who are doing amazing work in the world of dentistry. Also, occasionally, I'm going to throw in a few of my solo bonding sharecasts where I share a little with you about what I've learned along the way during my career. So tune in the first Tuesday of every month to hear the latest episodes. Hello, dental online trainers. I am Dr. Dennis Hartlieb, and welcome back for another of our solo bonding series recordings with yours truly, me, Dr. Dennis Hartlieb, as your host and as your guest. Yeah, that's right, double duty. And how lucky are you to have me on both sides of the microphone? I guess I'm going to be sort of interviewing myself today to share with you some of my thoughts as we close out this year, 2022, and prepare for 2023. Looking back over the years, and I've been doing this for over a few decades, as most of you know, one of the things that I found critical for my development as a dentist in my early years was to set some goals, to do some goal setting. Now, I was plan-based in my learning, in in my practice building. I was very goal-centric. Now, as I say this and looking back at my life, this goal-setting thing, there's two quotes that come immediately to mind for me. It's an old Yiddish saying. It means man plans and God laughs, right? Something that I've heard for many years of my life. And then more recently, Mike Tyson, the former heavyweight boxing champion said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Now, I want you to balance these thoughts about like, kind of like, what's the use of making plans with these thoughts that a quote attributed to Benjamin Franklin that probably most of us have heard over the years, by failing to plan, you're planning to fail. So where's, where's the reality? Where's the truth on this? Should we, should we be making plans if ultimately they're going to fail? Or are we going to fail because we're not making plans? And what do we do when we get punched in the mouth? Or what do we do when God laughs at our plans? So I think that we need to accept that there's somewhere in between that we we need to be making plans. We need to be planning for our future to be successful. Because as Ben Franklin said, if you don't plan, you're going, you're planning to fail. But it's also important for us to understand that we need to pivot when things aren't going the way that we thought that they would. Now, if you're watching the video, you're seeing I'm wearing my my worn and tattered Michigan baseball cap. See, I'm I'm a big college football fan. I I went to University of Michigan for undergrad and for dental school. And if you follow college football, you you know what I, I'm referred to as what we say a Michigan man. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of arrogant, but that's kind of what we are. See, I, I'm a big fan, and as you know, as you probably know, the word fan comes from the word fanatic. And and yes, maybe a little sadly, but it's true. My moods tend to swing and sort of vibe with the performance of my Michigan football team. And look, I just said my Michigan football team. I mean, I never played football at Michigan. I mean, I barely could play football in the backyard or at the park, but that's part of fandom, right? We say things like go blue. We, we say hail to the victors and we avoid hues like scarlet and gray. These are the colors of our most hated rival, the Ohio State University. As we say in Ann Arbor, South T.S. Mellon needs to step in it. But anyhow, I digress. The reason I bring this up, the reason I bring up college football is that if you watch a football game, what you may not know is that the first dozen or 15 plays 
They're planned, or what they say, they're scripted by the coaching staff. See, the team's offenses practice the sequence of plays that the coaches believe will bring the team the highest chance of being successful, that is, scoring a touchdown. Now, here's the thing. The opposing team is also planning and practicing things it can do to keep that offense from being successful. And it is up to both teams to plan for the game, to execute at their highest level, and see if the plan that they developed is going to be successful. So this is a bit like life, right? We make plans, and then life happens. God laughs, we get punched in the face. But we can't just stop and give up when our plans don't go our ways. We have to reevaluate, we've got to pivot if necessary, and then we got to make new plans, a new strategy for our success. So here are some of my tips from over three decades of doing this dental thing. And I want you to consider making plans with three facets of your, of your dental self. Number one, the education that we all need, continuing education, to make us successful as dentists. Number two, our plans for our business. Now, for those of us who are business owners, this is the most essential, right? We're running a business. We have to be able to pay ourselves, pay our team, take care of all the overhead expenses. It is a business. As much as I would rather it not be a business and just be able to do the art of dentistry, the reality is it is a business. And for some of us, it comes easier than others. We'll talk about more of this in a second. But I want those who are associates, I want you to also think about dentistry as a business. The conversations that you have with your team members, how you converse with your patients about the dental needs that they have and the opportunities for improved dental health. See, that's part of the business, right? And so it's not just about learning the dentistry and learning how to do the dentistry. It's about the business of dentistry. How do we help patients understand and desire the dentistry that we can do for them? That's part of the business of dentistry. And finally, is the personal aspect of our dental lives, our dental world, our dental beings. How do we, how do we handle the, the mental and the physical health needed for us to be able to be practicing dentistry? How do we have that work-life balance? So we're going to talk about all three of these. My three thoughts. Oh, so over three decades of doing dentistry, and I come up with three thoughts. So there we go. One, one, one per decade, as it turns out. Let's start with education. For me, and for many others who are out there listening, this has always been my driver, trying to be a better dentist, trying to get better. So to going back to Michigan football, our coach Jim Harbaugh says 1% better every day. Try to get 1% better every day. And that 1% compounds, right? 1% upon 1%. I was first influenced by Dr. Frank Spear. Many of you know the Frank, the Spear Institute. Frank Spear was the dentist who then started the Spear Institute. Well, you know, and actually it's not true. He wasn't my first influence. I was influenced by some really wonderful instructors at the University of Michigan Dental School. Um, some, some notable Leo Klausner was one of my favorite instructors and the Heist brothers, uh, Dr. Fred Pink, Dr. Dennis Turner, just many others, just some really wonderful dentists at the dental school who really influenced me to try and try and get better, you know, every day. But anyhow, I, I saw Frank Spear present at the Chicago Midwinter meeting back in 1993. He was a Gordon Christensen Award winner for that year. And so my, my partner, Monica Zebert and I 
we went to see Frank and I was just blown away, absolutely blown away by the quality and the beauty of the dentistry that Frank presented. I had never, ever, well, I'd only been practicing for a few years, but I had not never seen dentistry that looked like teeth, that when they finished the dentistry, it actually looked like a beautiful smile instead of just beautiful dentistry. I decided then and there, that's the type of dentistry that I wanted to learn to do. But I needed a starting point. I mean, I was a young dentist. I'd only been out for a few years, as I said. And there's so much to learn. I mean, you look at some of the dentistry that's, that's out there and you say, where do I even begin? Where do I start? So here's the thing. I am probably one of the world's worst multitasker. I mean, if there was a competition for multitasking and you could have like the worst multitasker, I would definitely be, I'd be running. I'd, I'd be in the game. I'm just awful at it. I, my brain doesn't work that way. My brain functions by just concentrating on one thing and trying to execute that. So for me, when I first saw Frank and I got back and I said, all right, this is what I want to do. I had to break it down. I had to break it down into different things that I would have to learn if I wanted to start doing better dentistry, higher end dentistry. I had to learn occlusion. I had to learn porcelain. I had to learn ceramics. I had to learn preparation. As it turned out, I also learned, had, I didn't understand this at the time, I also had to learn how to talk to patients, right? How to lead a team. For me, what I had to do is I had to focus on a subject matter, a dental subject matter, essentially every year. And I planned it out. I said, okay, next year, I want to learn about occlusion. So I signed up to go down to Dawson. I wanted to learn about occlusion. And so I went down to Dawson. Now, as it turns out, you can't really learn occlusion in one year. <laughs> Who knew? So it took me more than a year, but I concentrated on occlusion. Everything I read was about occlusion. I read Dawson's book. I went down to Dawson. Now, it isn't that I didn't learn anything else during that year, but that was my focus. And then the next year, I wanted to focus on ceramics. I started taking some hands-on lab technician courses so I could understand better about porcelain. I was looking at porcelain preparation design. And I was really trying to key in to understand porcelain and preparation design. My third year was going to be about learning periodontics and orthodontics and how that all comes into doing complete or complex dentistry. But I had to plan it out. And so for some of you, who are like me, you may need to plan it out. This year, I got to do this. This year might be airway. Next year, maybe TMJ and joint. Next year might be digital. And it isn't that you can't be learning some of that stuff along the way, but that's going to be your focus. Now, there's many of you out there, you can multitask. You're good at multitasking. And you can say, look, I can learn multiple things at once. And I wish I was like you. I just don't have that ability. So whether you're going to be learning through in-person teaching, if you're going to be learning through on-demand or virtual learning, like what we do with DOT, if you're going to do what I did, read articles, read books, in today's world, I'd be doing on-demand videos like we have on DOT or through YouTube or any other number sources, but you got to plan it out. You have to figure out what it is. Where's your weakness? Where is your weakness right now? What do you look at when you go into the practice? Say, oh, 
I, I don't understand this. And it could be a great number of things. And it certainly was for me. <laughs> it was a long list, right? So figure out where you want to start. I would always recommend starting with occlusion. It is a basis for everything that we do. So that's always my recommendation when I'm talking to young dentists, when they are looking at the next thing after dental school, learn occlusion. Check out Spear, check out Coist, check out Panky, check out Dawson, check out DOT, all the stuff that we do, help you with TMJ and occlusion stuff with Jimmy Key and, and all that stuff. But this is what we need to do. If we want to be able to do better dentistry, if we want to get better, we got to we gotta set a goal. We got to set our sights on it. So we can say, look, I got to learn occlusion. Learn occlusion, check. All right, I feel much better about my understanding of seated joint position or centric relation. I understand anterior guidance better. Now, I may not thoroughly get it, but I get it better, right? Centric contacts, what is the slide? What does that mean, right? A CR, CO slide, you know? What does it mean and what's the relevance, right? Get some understanding of that. Check. All right, now I need to understand aesthetics. What do I need to know about the smile, right? Learn that check, figure out what the things are that you need to learn. And what you're going to find out, there's other things you need to learn along the way. Like I didn't understand that airway was so related to wear and to occlusion, right? The joints, joint health, joint pathology, how that fits into occlusion, right? Orthodontics, perio, on and on and on. As I said, if you're like me, you're going to break it down and you're going to try and figure out a time period that you want to learn that and then start bringing in the ne next subject. But the bottom line is if you can do it all at once, if you can multitask, perfect. But make a plan. Script your first 15 plays. Understanding that when we make plans, God laughs and we may need to pivot on this path to our learning. So my advice number one is plan out your education for the next several years right? Figure out your weakness, where you want to get to. Look ahead. Where do you want to be? What type of dentistry do you want to be doing? Do you want to be doing more cosmetic dentistry? Maybe join the AACD, American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, and look into accreditation. Push yourself, right? Do you want to connect more with occlusion? Check out the American Equilibration uh, Society, the AES, and take courses. Do reading, do learning on occlusion right? So figure out where is you want to go, where you want to be, and work backwards and figure out how you're going to get there. Figure out your path. Now, look, I'm a strong believer that dental school is just a starting point for our learning. So whether you're learning virtually with us here at DOT or in person at courses or learning on your own, just continue on your path to become a better dentist. All right, number two. Unfortunately, if you're like me, the reality of dentistry is it's a business. And if you're in private practice like I am, it's really a business. And we need to treat our practices as such. We need to have a good understanding of the revenues that we're bringing in, as well as the monies that we are using to pay our bills, to pay our team members, pay our overhead expenses. It's not just about leading our team. We also need to manage our team. In fact, you know, I, I brought some books here with me. Some of my favorite books from along the years. I got a couple, couple books from Patrick Lencioni, the first one is The Advantage. I would tell you that's a great book for every dental practice owner to start with, The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. 
And the other is uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, also from Patrick Lencioni. Just, just really just great books. One of my favorite books is uh, Dear to Lead by Brené Brown. Uh, boy, that really gets into some sort of deeper subject matter about vulnerability. Uh, but that's, I think, a, a really good book. One of the Bibles, one of the things that I read, this is probably, I'm probably 30 years ago, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. This is just a classic book about leadership and the things that he talks about way back when, they still hold true today. It's crazy, but it, they're still true. I'm a big fan of Tom Peters, A Passion for Excellence. Great book on just trying to be excellent in your business. Uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, another great book. So many great books that help us. Even though these are industries that are not in dentistry, but they are all businesses and we can all learn from them. A book that I'm just uh, starting now, it's called Traction by Gino Wickman. And this really is about sort of creating simple systems for running your businesses. So again, Traction by Gino Wickman. So lots of great resources we have, you know, podcasts, books. There's so many things that we can use to help us become better managers and better leaders of our team. Now I will tell you this, if you are not, if you are like me, if you are like me and you are not a natural leader and you are not a natural manager, I mean, I went to dental school to be a dentist, right? I didn't know that you had to also run a team, that you had to run a business. I, I mean, how hard could that be? Well, a lot harder, a lot harder than what I thought it would be. So if it's not your forte, my recommendation would be find a coach. Get a business coach or a consultant. I'll give you a few examples of those who I've worked with over the years. Uh, most recently, Jerry Gottlieb of GG Consulting. Uh, Paul Homily, who uh, he's written some really great books for dentists. He's a dentist. He helps dentists get better. Um, here's his book. This one is just because you're an expert doesn't make you interesting. He talks to you about how to talk to your patients. Great book. Paul's excellent. Uh, Kirk Barrent of Act Consulting. Um, they do a great job there as well. Regardless, the bottom line is we need to lead and manage our teams. And we need to run our dental practices like they're a business, because they are. Now, here's the thing. I was, oh, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to seek help running my practices because I just thought, how hard can it be? There's lots of businesses out there, but there's a lot of businesses that fail also. I mean, literally, many of us spend ten, tens of thousands of dollars in our continuing dental education, right? We spend lots of money, but we feel weird about spending money to make our businesses better, to help us with our business. I got to tell you, stop it right now. Stop feeling guilty if you're like me. And find someone to help you. Find a consultant. Find a coach to give you guidance. If you're a practice owner, to help you with your practice. If you're struggling, if you need help, don't feel guilty. You know, find someone. If you're an associate, maybe you need coaching. And I still work with a coach. I work with Jerry. She coaches me. She helps me keep me on track, right? So I think that's very, very important. So if you are not a natural business person, like myself, then get help, find help, right? We do it in our dentistry. Let's do it also in our business. All right, and finally, it's the elusive work-life balance. When people ask me, how do I balance this work-life issue? I believe strongly the number one thing 
you got to love what you do. You got to love dentistry. You got to find a way to love it. I think for a lot of people, a lot of dentists out there, they're doing procedures that they don't love. They're doing things that they don't want to do, and it's dragging them down. So I would tell you, find the procedures that you love to do and concentrate your practice on those and refer out the ones that you don't like. If you love perio, take more perio classes, take more surgical classes, learn to do grafting, and start doing more of that. And if you're like me, if you hate doing surgery, don't do it. Refer it out. Love what you do. Look, dentistry is tough. You know, patients love patients, but they can be challenging, right? Cases may not go the way we want them to. Patients may have different expectations, and they can be challenging. And I got to tell you, working on tooth number two is never easy. Tooth number 15 is never easy. God forbid we got to treat a wisdom tooth. Dentistry physically is challenging, and then emotionally it can be challenging. You know, leading our teams, being a strong leader, right? I mean, the vibe of the team, it all starts and ends with us. We're the leaders. They look to us for our direction, for motivation, emotional commitment every day, right? Every day we're in that office, our team is looking for us as leaders. And that's challenging, right? We got to do that every day. That's a challenge. I think the thing is, Find what you love to do and try and do more of it. I mean, I stopped doing extractions in endo 25 years ago, maybe closer to 30 years ago. Look, I was bad at it. I was bad. It wasn't good. It took me too much time. I wasn't profitable at it, and I didn't enjoy it. So I stopped doing it. I referred it out. You know what? It made room in my schedule for the things that I'd like to do, and I could get more of that. So think about the procedures that bring you joy. And do those procedures, do more of them and help your team, help your team with that, right? And if you don't want to refer them out, is there someone in your practice you can refer them to? Do you have a partner? Do you have an associate? Can they do those to help you, right? Or maybe it's time to bring somebody in. Now, if you're an associate, you may say, Dennis, I don't have that luxury. I get it. I get it. I was there. But you can look for the future. This is part of the planning, right? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as an associate for your entire career, which is, which is fine, but understand there's going to be limitations then on being able to control some of that. If you're going to have a practice, how are you going to plan that out? Now, for all of us, whether we own a practice or associate, wherever we are, when you get out of the office, you got to get your head out of the office. I'm fortunate I have a long commute, so it gives me time to, to disassociate with the practice. I can put on some sports radio, I can put on a podcast, or I can just listen to the hum of the tires on the road. But I have to get my head out of the office, right? I can't bring it home. Now, there's things we have to do, right? We're business owners or even just practicing dentists. We have treatment plans we have to do. We might not have time to do it at the office. If you're a business owner, there's things that we have to do for the business that we have to do at, at home. So carve out the time. Make some time for it, but don't let it hang over your head. Don't make it part of the entire weekend. Just carve out that time and get it done. And don't bring the problems home from the office. You know, if you're having issues with staff or team members, you're having some challenges with patients, you got to leave it at the door. Because, you know, our, our families and friends, I mean, unless they're dentists, and talking to dentists about this, this can be helpful because they can give you some, you know, they, they can give you some empathy. They can give you some advice. 
but mostly our family and friends, I, I don't think they get it. You know, they, they don't understand the challenges we have in, in doing dentistry, right? The, the emotions of doing dentistry, the, the, the reality of working on patients and working with these team members. So complaining about this stuff that we deal with in the daily practice, you got to leave it at the door. It's not going to help you. Leave it behind. Embrace the time that when you get home to your loved ones and your family, your friends, and your hobbies, you know, embrace those moments, embrace those times. If you're like me, embrace your favorite football team, like the Michigan Wolverines, the best football team in the country. So my friends, that's my plans. That's my thoughts for 2023. As we leave 2022 behind us and we look with gratitude of what we get to do in dentistry, how we get to serve our patients, how we get to be just these wonderful role models for our team members and get to serve in such a wonderful way. Remember, take time for yourself. Mentally, make sure that you're leaving the stuff at the door. Let it go. It's not going to help you. Talk to your dental colleagues where it can. Help you walk through that. Physically stay in shape, right? Get healthy. I do, I do yoga. As you, many of you know, I ride my bike. We have to stay healthy. We got to keep our bodies healthy. We got to keep, our, keep our, ourselves mentally healthy. So having said all this, thanks for hanging out and listening. My Michigan Wolverines are getting ready to play their game in a little bit. So I have to get, I have to get prepared mentally because I am, I am a fan. And for all of us at Dental Online Training, we wish you a healthy and happy holiday season and really just a joyous and happy new year. And I want to leave you with one of my favorite sayings as we look forward to the new year, something I want you to think about. Days are scrolls, write on them only what you want remembered. I'll say that again. Days are scrolls, write on them only what you want remembered. Years for Better Dentistry. Wishing you a happy new year and a great start to 2023. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley. Well, thanks so much for listening or viewing our ShareCast today. If you enjoy this and you want to get more information from dental online training, then check us out at dothandson.com. That's one word, dothandson.com. Now, as a reminder, DOT has so many other great opportunities for your learning. We have our Wine and Unwind monthly webinars where we engage real time with our viewers as we bring in leaders throughout the dental industry to bring you up-to-date information and answer your questions. We have our monthly coffee and donut study club sessions where our participants bring in cases and we treat and plan these cases together to help you bring great treatment to your patients. We have our live virtual workshops where our dental online trainers perform the same techniques from their kits as I'm doing from the comfort of their own home or office. We have our blogs and we have endless selection of our hands-on pre-recorded technique courses to help you improve the clinical dentistry that you can provide for your patients. That's right. With our on-demand courses, you do these hands-on exercises when the time is right for you. So check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at Dental Online Training. And hey, be sure to share this with your friends and colleagues who you think might benefit from this ShareCast and everything that DOT has to offer. And now, how about one of those coveted five-star ratings? Please go to your site and help us by getting the word out to others 
and we'd welcome one of those wonderful five-star ratings. This episode was created with special help from Claire O'Neill. It was edited by Ashley Dixon Ellison and with original music by Chris Peterson. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, yours for better dentistry.